morning. Um, my name's Bree, um, and if you guys have been at church for the last few weeks, you will have um, been lucky enough to hear our What Faith um, sermon series that we've been journeying through together. And what it's involved is speaking with different members of our congregation and the people amongst us, members of our church family, and hearing um, the stories that they've journeyed through and the faith um, that they've had, which has then encouraged our faith and we've been able to be blessed by their stories. So um, I have the privilege this morning of being able to welcome Heather. Now Heather's got a pretty cool story to tell. (laughs) Um, But why don't you just introduce yourself to us a little bit, Heather? There might be a photo I'm hoping of my family. There we go. So um, I'm Heather. I was born in Papua New Guinea on Good Friday, a long time ago, and I was raised, born there, but came back to Australia when I was three, Um, raised in Melbourne in a wonderful Christian home. Um, Aaron and I got married 21 years ago and moved to Ballarat, and I told him then I would give Ballarat five years, and I said after that I want to be back in Melbourne, and those five years came and went, and we didn't ever have that discussion because we, has that effect yeah, on people? <laughs> we both knew this is where we wanted to be. Um, we are the very, very lucky parents of three children, Jacinda, Callum and Jacob. And in the bottom picture is Scott. And a lot of you um, may have seen Scott come to church with us. Scott came into our lives twen- well, when we moved to Ballarat. Um, and we look after him one weekend a month and have been doing that for 21 years now, just to give his family a bit of respite. And he's such a great kid, or an adult now, um, and he loves coming to church. You'll often see him pop up in his pew, ready to worship particularly. Um, And, um, sorry. (laughs) And um, I'm a primary school teacher. That's my main thing that I do um, during the days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we're, you know, hoping to be inspired by your story of faith this morning um, through what you've been doing with the Reverse Advent Calendar, but why don't you give us a bit of an idea of your faith journey yeah, so far? Sure. So, like I said, I was born into a Christian um, family and uh, as a child just always went to church and as a teenager I remember um, making that decision for myself that, yes, um, this is what I want to do and I want to be a Christian and follow, um, follow God. Um, and in my time, there's been times where I've lent in really hard and I've just been faithful in my daily devotions and my prayer life. And there's also been periods where, um, where I haven't and, you know, I've maybe cruised along and just still come to church every Sunday and appeared to be doing the right yeah. things. Um, but my faith journey and the reverse advent calendar has really happened at a time um, where I really was digging in and yeah. asking God what he had in store for me. Yeah, well, um, it's, you know, it's quite natural in our faith journeys to feel, you know, closer to God at some times than others, but as easy as it is to sometimes just relax and um, into that, you know, complacency. What I love about your story, Heather, is the way that you just weren't satisfied with, 
you know, the mediocre, that you knew God had something more for you and um, you were really hungry to seek that out. And Yeah, why don't you tell us about the digging? How did that look for you? Sure. So um, I stumbled upon this idea of a reverse advent calendar years ago when my children were younger and I just love the idea. Basically, it's an empty box and unlike a regular advent calendar where each day the children take a treat out, And my children still did that. They had their Lego advent calendars and their Smiggle ones and enjoyed all of those. But the idea of this is that every day, instead of receiving a treat, you're giving something. So every day the children would have a roster of whose turn it was to go to the pantry and choose something to add to the box. And then when the box is full, just before Christmas, it gets donated. And for the first few years, it was just my family, just the one box and we would donate our box to the 3BA Appeal. And every year I would tell friends about it and people would say, it's such a great idea, I love that. Um, I'll do it with you next year. And the next year would come and the same people would say to me, it's a great idea, I'd love to do that, I'll do it next year. Um, And I knew it was a great idea and I saw how much my children got out of it and the conversations we had. Um, So I was beginning the beginning thoughts of, what this could be Mm. um yeah that's all right so you were you were starting to notice that um that there was something a little bit more in this idea of of giving um around that time of year and people had expressed some interest um So when was it that you sort of how did it happen that you sort of started to build that idea and that inkling that dream that you had um, and the potential you could see in the idea. How did that come into being what it is today? It's yeah, so I think it was back in 2018, I decided I'm going to invite people to do this with me. So I put on Facebook just for my family and friends, this is what I'm doing. I'd love to maybe get four other families to join us and I'll cover a box in Christmas paper and give it to you. You fill it and then just before Christmas I'll collect it and... Um, and drop it off Mm. oh and I should have said that the Christmas just before that we'd missed the drop-off date for our box for 3BA appeal and the kids and I had been really disappointed to know that this box we'd spent all this time filling wasn't going to be with someone on Christmas day and my sister happened to visit that on Christmas Eve and she works or volunteers at Wendery West Exodus house and she said look I know a family that would Mm. absolutely benefit from this box why don't I go and drop it at their doorstep on the way home so she did that and that was just so powerful to think that the next morning a family who I had never met who I'll probably never meet um, were waking up on Christmas morning and there was a box that was just going to make their day a bit brighter and it had been so easy for us to do but it was going to impact them Mm. so then the following year I invited others to join in hoping for four and you're and going to wrap these boxes with Christmas paper. I, yes, was mm-hmm. wrapping them up. I got the boxes at Bunnings. Um, but I posted it and then the next couple of minutes I was overwhelmed with this feeling of, Heather, just shut up. Like, just leave people to do... Life's busy enough. Leave people alone. Let them do what they want to do. And the doubt. pull your head back in. Creeps it. Doubt, <laughs> yep. Um, but within minutes, my lovely friend Michelle called me on the phone and she said, Heather, I'm so glad you've put that up. I've been wanting to do it and I'm, I'm in. We're in. We want to do it. Yeah. And I'm so glad because I really do think that had she not called, had yes. she not followed that stirring, 
to, to call me. Um, I may have deleted it and who knows? Chickened out. Yeah, I, who knows yeah. whether it would have come back up again. Um, so was she the only one that responded to no, that post? No, yeah. it was it, very overwhelming. And we ended up that year with over 70 people doing boxes across Ballarat. So that was a lot of boxes for me to get from Bunnings and wrap in paper. But I loved doing it. Like every box I did, I kept thinking... I'd know the family it was going to and I would think, oh, they're going to enjoy doing this so much and, and it was great. And all those boxes went that year to um, Exodus House yeah. and it continued this thought of, well, if this many people want to do it, there yeah. must be more, there must be more. It and then the courier covered it yeah. that year. They came and took a photo and it was on the front page, <laughs> much to my... Wow, don't yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so it's began this thinking um, that it could be bigger. Yeah. And I should have put the two together, but I didn't. But I was also starting to pray to God that I wanted a project that was mine. And I know it seems obvious now that it was the same thing, but I didn't realise. It takes us a while yeah. sometimes, yeah. So <laughs> I was on my daily walks, as, I, as I'd walk and pray, I'd say... I really want a project that's mine, not one that somebody's invited me to be on their committee, part of their organising. I want to own it. And I wanted it to be about families, kindness and generosity. They were the three things yeah. that I prayed into it. And and I waited because I <laughs> didn't see the obvious. Mm. Um, I went away that year with friends to the Colour Conference in Sydney and had a great time, um, fabulous teaching that was there and conversations with the group I was with. And one conversation that really was sticking with me was the one of what would you do if you knew it couldn't fail? If you knew you wouldn't end up looking silly, what would you do? And, and I had this box thing in mind that I would do it bigger if I could, if I knew that it would work. Mm. Um, and Renata Dempsey was part of that group and she was on the missions committee and she could see the potential for it being something that the church did to encourage families to be missional. Yeah. Um, so I returned from that and not long after that, a friend from church, Karen, called me and she said, Heather, someone from church has um, given me some money that God has told them is for you. And I'd never wow. experienced that before. I'd heard people talk about that sort of thing, but yeah. not for me. Um, and so I began thinking, why does God want me to have this money? Um, and then I was on my walk and I can still I think of it nearly every time I walk over this one bit of footpath where exactly I was when it hit me that God was saying, this is money to go forward with the project, with the boxes. And this is your project you've been praying about for families, for kindness, for generosity. Um, so I was like, all right, I've got money. Yeah. Then what do I need to no longer be covering boxes from Bunnings? So I contacted... <laughs> With wrapping paper. <laughs> yeah. Contacted Neil Walter, um, who is a very talented designer. And I said, I'd love a logo for Reverse Advent Calendar and a design for a box. And we um, talked back and forward about it. One of the challenges was, was that it needed to have... The two purposes, it needed to suit the people that were filling it, mm -hmm. but it also needed to suit those that received it. Yeah. Um, so there were some great conversations in that. And so I said to him, would he do this? And he said, yes, um, but you won't pay me. I'll sponsor it as a project. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's amazing. And his, his time and effort he's given me over the years with them has been fabulous. But that's 
what I thought the money was for. And I was, so what are we doing? What do I do now? Um, but then, of course, there was the cost of getting the boxes printed. Yeah. And um, between that and the support of uh, the missions committee at church and even um, locally some politicians that got on yeah. board. So you had 70 friends join you the first year. Yes. So when you printed these boxes... How did you? How many boxes did you print? So when we printed them, it was cheaper to get to go to 500. That made it cheaper. So I said, let's get 500 printed, and maybe we'll do 200 here in Ballarat. Um, my friend Rachel Francis um, had moved to Geelong, and she was keen to do it there. So she was aiming for 100, um, and I figured the leftover boxes I'd put in storage somewhere, and we'd be ready to go for the following year. Um, I then launched a Facebook group so that it wasn't just my friends that um, knew about it. It could go across Ballarat. And within days, we ran out of those 500 boxes yes. and had to order more. And in the end that year, in 2019, in the end, we had uh, 1,500 boxes ordered and gone. 1,500. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. incredible. Yes. Yes. And from your original goal of maybe we can get 200 yep, yep. to happen here in Ballarat. Yes, and, and this happens every year that I think to myself, all right, well, this is if we can get this number, that'll be great. Yeah. Um, and then God just says, we can do more. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Yep. I love that. And so as, you know, you progressed through... You, you started that first year, you started to see this could really be something, I think, and it's something that really speaks to families and, um, you know, speaks to um, members of the community who want to be able to do the same thing as Heather and have those conversations and just be able to teach their kids a little bit more about giving and thinking of others um, at Christmas time. And it started to really take off. So um, was there ever any sort of challenges or doubts along the way that... There's been, there's been many. Yeah. And so last year, um, at the start of the year, Aaron and I took a day to plan and pray about reverse advent calendar and think about the future. And that was just before COVID became a thing. Um, and so at the time, the plan was let's offer this as something that people can do beyond Ballarat. If there's communities, churches, groups um, across Australia, why not? Um, so that was the plan. And um, then I advertised, uh, good old Facebook, uh, for people that would like to sign up. And I had over 60 people contact me um, from across Australia and wanting to get involved. And through conversations, you know, we'd, um, we ended up with 16 different groups. Um, yeah. And they were, in the end, all across Victoria, with the exception of one in Canberra, um, mainly because of well, COVID and also um, working through the cost of getting boxes to places beyond Victoria was costly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so last year that was, yeah, so 16 that got involved. There were times we thought it just wouldn't be able to happen. Um, it would be impossible. The, the groups in Melbourne wouldn't be able to get up here to collect their boxes mm. because they weren't allowed out. And um, But I couldn't help but think uh, it, in a year when so many people were doing it tough and yeah. so many people were going to be in need, that, there, that it wasn't a coincidence that was the year God was showing me and wanting me to, to make it bigger. Yeah. Um, so I just persisted with that thought and went, we'll see what comes from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so in a year full of extra challenges, how many boxes 
Yep. So last year, Ballarat, we did the same as the year before, 1,500, which yep. is incredible. The, the, the people in a year when they had done it so tough were so generous. Yeah. Um, and it was often people who had businesses suffer that I was seeing um, yep. fill boxes and bring them in. Um, and then beyond um, Ballarat, another 1,500. So 3,000 3, altogether um, last year we had filled. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. Um, yeah, 3,000 boxes. So um, with all these boxes going out to families in need, do you have some stories you could share with us of um, perhaps some of the families that have received and what that has meant for them yep. at that time of year? Um, yeah, so every year I get amazing feedback from the agencies that take the boxes. So originally the boxes in Ballarat were going to the Wendery West Exodus House. But when it got so big, so many boxes, um, we were then able to contact other agencies um, and get them involved. So there was last year probably around a dozen Ballarat agencies, ones that I'd never even heard of that are doing incredible work that came to collect them. So these are three quick stories sent from one agency that um, highlight the impact that um, the boxes have had. Um, so first of all, Kim, Kim has five children aged one year through to 12. Her husband passed away six months ago and she's been struggling with both deep depression and the behaviours of her eldest child with a disability. We delivered two boxes to Kim who told us that this food delivery meant that she could divert her grocery money and that she could then with her own money, buy a present for each of her children that Christmas. Mm. Uh, then Mike. Mike's a war veteran and an amputee. He's currently on a waiting list to have his second leg amputated and struggles on a disability pension. Mike is very proud and did not want to accept help. But when our staff unpacked his um, items, they discovered that his cupboards were actually bare and he likely would not have eaten again until his next payday. And then Lyndall, Lyndall attended our office today and burst into tears describing her children coming home for Christmas for the first time in 10 years. She felt ashamed that she didn't have anything special to offer them. 20 minutes of box diving later and we managed to mix and match until we had an entire decorated Christmas table with Christmas napkins, mini trees and special treats for everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. Just three and the examples that I could go on yeah. with. Each box amazing. would have a story. Yeah, e yes. Yeah. yeah, each box does, the, the people that receive it. And the big picture of reverse advent calendar, like, well, the obvious benefit is those that receive the boxes, but it's the, also the stories I hear from the families that fill the boxes. Mm. And when I think of my prayer for kindness, families and generosity... I, like part of that is the people receiving the boxes but it's also so much the families that are filling it and it um, when I'm talking to people and they say how much their children they wake up in the morning and it's the first thing on their mind whose turn is it to put something in their box and what will they put in and yeah. conversations they have with children where their child's like well if we're giving them wheat bix we need to make sure they've got milk <laughs> and then will they need juice as well for breakfast and mm -hmm. Um, some of our boxes go to asylum seekers or homeless youth and so there's conversations that families get to have um, yeah. about those those needs and and I hear from people that those conversations continue throughout the year that mm. there's other times during the year where they will be reminded of it or it spikes 
inspires generosity at other occasions. Yeah. Yeah. And even just on the packing days when we get to, you know, members of our church community, some of you guys may have volunteered on um, reverse advent calendar box packing day um, in the past, but it's such a blessing to be a part of it and to see all the families from throughout our community um, bringing their boxes in and getting to come into our church building and have conversations with other members of our congregation. And everyone's always amazed at the big walls of boxes we have boxes from floor to ceiling in some of the rooms um, before the agencies come and collect them or they're delivered or whatever but it's just incredible to be a part of and it's a blessing for the families that are packing it the church community that is you know working together to get the you know the logistics of everything happening and then it's a blessing for the people receiving it so yeah, and it's and just I couldn't incredible. do it without the people that volunteer on that day um, and people that turn up that I haven't asked that have just seen the need and um, they're amazing. People whose names I only learn on that day and um, I'm so grateful to them and they'll give hours and hours and then return the next day to help us send the boxes out to the agencies. And it's those people that... Um, People that drop off their boxes contact me later and they say, look, it was just lovely to go there and to see the boxes. And, and I was met by this lovely young girl and she was just so delightful and she couldn't wait to show us the boxes. And I think what a positive um, interaction and experience for so many people that may yeah. never have been into a church or mm -hmm. into our church, that this is their visual, yeah. that's their image, their thought of what church is. Yeah, it's great. Um, well, Heather, how can we as a church family support you? Um, how can we be praying for you? And, and what do you, is there anything you practically need sure. to sort of help? Where's your vision for it in the future? The future. So um, absolutely prayer um, to pray that God would continue to drive it, that um, in every step it's felt like it required skills beyond what I'm equipped with. Um, I love that quote, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. That's and he's it. doing that with me every step of the way. Mm. Um, I'm learning things as I go. Um, I'm so grateful for people like Anthony here at the church who helped me last year, particularly with the invoicing and money stuff that I don't have my head around yet. Mm. Um, so, yeah, prayer that... Um, that I would continue to grow in my skills and that I would bring people in. I'm keen to create a team. Yeah. I also really um, wanting help to work out how to turn it into a proper not-for-profit or charity organisation. Yeah. Um, I think that's the next step for it to um, for us to do that. Uh, the website, I'm needing to get that built up more so that people can contact me through there. Um, and apply to be involved. Yeah. Um, I'm keen to see this grow however God lets it grow. Yeah. Um, if it remains a Victoria thing, then that's fine. Um, but it just works yeah. and it's worked so well. And if we can find a way and make a way and make it not cost prohibitive to get the boxes to people beyond yeah. Victoria, um, I would love to see it become a thing yeah. that happens all over Australia and where it's as well known as Operation Christmas Child yeah. or um, things because it's, it's powerful for, yeah. for the people receiving the boxes and those feeling it. 
Yeah, it really so, is. So, yeah, they're my, my main things to build the website, create a team and the logistics of a, a not-for-profit. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you, Heather. Thank you for coming and sharing your story with us today and um, just inspiring us that, you know, sometimes it doesn't have to be, you know, selling up your whole life and going overseas to do missions that we can we can do mission right here in our local community and um, you know when God places a dream or you know an idea on your heart he's going to provide for that and um, I can just see God providing for you every step of the way in this journey in you know your skills and abilities that you probably underestimate but God certainly doesn't and um, you know in just the finances and the the um the knowledge and the skills from everyone else who's contributed but yeah it's just a powerful story um I'd love to pray for you um as we close guys would you just bow your heads in prayer Father God, I thank you for today and I thank you for Heather um, and her willingness um, to come and share with us this morning. I also want to thank you for her faithfulness and her um, obedience, just her that humble servant heart that she has to listen to you and to seek more from you, God. Like, you know, it's easy to get complacent and think that this is all there is for us, but... Um, you know, if, if we want it and if we seek it, Jesus, you, you, you want to speak to us. You want to show us those um, dreams and desires that we have um, come to life. And um, God, we just want to thank you for the way you've provided every step of this journey um, for Reverse Advent Calendar and for Heather. We want to pray a blessing over all those involved, whether it's the, the families contributing to boxes, whether it's people... Um, you know, designing the logos, whether it's um, the printing of the boxes or the families actually receiving these boxes. I want to pray a blessing over this whole project and um, we can't wait to see what um, what you've got in store for it, God. And um, I just pray that you use every single one of us, um, whether it's through supporting Heather in prayer or practically with our skills and abilities. Um, yeah, I just pray that you that you speak to the right people. Um, that need to to come and have a chat with Heather, and um, I want to pray for any um, dreams or ideas that that we might have on our hearts, um, members of the congregation. If someone's sitting out there that's just got a a little. Um, spark of an idea that you would fan it into a flame god and show that it's it's not in our power but in yours um that these things can be done um and really see your glory um shine in jesus name amen, amen.